It's interesting how God works. Uh, normally today, October the 2nd, is the Feast of the Guardian Angels. Well, since it fell on Sunday, we don't celebrate it liturgically. And so I wasn't going to talk about it and was going to prepare a different thing. And then I read the first words of the first reading from Habakkuk. How long, O Lord, I cry for help. I cry for help. But you do not listen. It seems <clears throat> that I cry out to you, but you do not intervene. Now, what's the purpose of that first reading is that's how it seems like to us. But the point is, God does provide us help. God provides us help. And most of it we utilize quite regularly. We utilize the help of the Blessed Virgin Mary that Jesus gave us from the cross. We're praying our rosary. We pray our novenas. We're doing good for the most part. We need to do better. We utilize the help of each other. We're constantly asking each other to pray for us. Um, our Marian helpers who make the comments online who have joined together as a family. We have two of them here, Karen and Tanya, that if you read the comments on, on YouTube, you know they're two of our precious members of our Marian family, many others. And we utilize that help. But if we had faith in things we can't see, we would utilize our guardian angels. I wanted to talk about it today because it does fit into the readings and that this might be the only day of the year that we do talk about our guardian angels. Our guardian angels are a huge sign that God does intervene. God does help. Um, our belief in angels. Now, are we free to choose to believe in angels or not as Catholics? Are we free? Even, even Marian apparitions we are not obligated to believe in. They're private revelation. As much as powerful and approved as Fatima is, you're actually not obligated to believe it as a Catholic, surprisingly. But yet the guardian angels, the angels as a, as a whole, you are obligated to believe. They are dogma. It is dogma. Who are they? They're in heaven. Those are who have remained with God and then the fallen angels, the demons. All right. The existence of these guardian angels, they're spiritual, non-corporal, meaning no body. Um, that's the truth of faith. It just says here. So this ties in so beautifully. It says here that it, it, the apostle said, our Lord, increase our faith. He said, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, things will be opened up to you. Well, they're a matter of faith because we can't see them. We can't see our guardian angels. So these are a matter of truth and faith. Now, the existence of the angels is the highest level dogma. Um, our church has doctrine, which is church teaching. Okay. But not all doctrine is dogma. Dogma is the highest level. Everything which the church teaches is doctrine. Purgatory is doctrine. The belief in the angels is even higher. It's dogma. All right. A doctrine becomes a dogma or is a dogma when it has been express, expressly revealed by God, such as Jesus in the, in the Gospels or in sacred apostolic tradition. 
This is powerful. Thus, the existence of these angels and demons. This is why demons are just as real. They're the fallen angels. Is a dogma. Like the five Marian dogma, four Marian dogmas. However, some of them, what we know about them is speculative. So we call that speculative theology. Meaning it's not against church teaching, but we take, like Thomas Aquinas, some speculative theology approach to the angels. All right. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, like, for instance, cities having guardian angels. That's speculative theology. Nowhere in gospel does it say that. But we know the saints. We know them. But who are the angels? All right. They are servants. And the word angel means messenger of God. All right. They're purely spiritual. They have no bodies. And they have an intellect and a will just like us. What makes us human is we have an intellect and a will. All right. So do they. They surpass us in perfection. They are created by nature higher than us. They are personal and they are immortal, but they are creatures just like us. They didn't, they don't, do they marry? Do angels marry? No. Why don't they marry? Because they have no need to reproduce. God created all the angels instantaneously. All right. And each one is their own species. That's how unique they are. This is amazing. So they are higher by us than us by nature. They have a superior intellect. You've heard me say they don't get sick. They're not constrained by space and time. But we have been elevated above them by grace. The immaculate conception and the incarnation. This is amazing how God treats us humans. The angels just look upon us in awe. Remember it said, St. Faustina said that if angels were capable of envy... They would only envy us for two reasons. One, that we can receive Holy Communion. They don't. They're not body and spirit. They're just spirit. And two, that we can suffer. They don't suffer. So how amazing that the two things, one, Catholics really don't believe in the real presence in the Eucharist, and two, Catholics want nothing to do with suffering, is what the angels would envy us for. This is amazing. So now our own guardian angels are chosen by God from the last choir of angels. Now, you remember your choirs? Remember, go back to catechism here. Now I'm back taking you back to angel study of seminary, angelology, right? You had the top, seraphim, cherubim, thrones, dominions, virtues, powers, principalities, then archangels and angels. So the last choir is where we get our guardian angels from. Now, this is interesting because they form part of that third hierarchy that we would think, oh, well, they're not as important. Yes, they are. All right. No human being knows you better or loves you more than your guardian angel. No human being, not even your spouse. No human being knows you or loves you better than your guardian angel. You are their entire reason for existence. The guardian angel you have today was created to, from the beginning of time, to be with you. I mean, how much more can you get than that? 
and we're asking God in first reading, don't you care about us? <laughs> wow, he does. All right, each guardian angel reflects an aspect of God's goodness, and that's where you exceed in one virtue over any other virtue. So somehow you have a virtue. You may not see it, but you have a virtue that reflects your guardian angel that you have that reflects above all others. Okay? And so they are guardians of your safety and your salvation. All right? Their goal is to obtain for you grace, especially at the hour of your death. All right? Now listen to this. This is what I pulled from my seminary notes. I, I think it's interesting. What, what is the ministry of the guardian angels? What, what do they do? What are their duties? Listen. Their duties. The duty of a guardian angel this is what they're doing for you. This is what God has assigned to help you. Warding off dangers to the body and the soul. They do this by moving objects physically, such as maybe you left the house three minutes later and you were aggravated because you couldn't find your wallet, but actually prevented you from being in a major accident. You don't even know about this until you, 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 you go to judgment. They move objects physically and mostly putting thoughts that will lead us to avoid harm, removing occasions of sin and helping us to overcome temptation. If you say, well, Father, I'm not doing that. I'm not overcoming temptation. Are you strengthening yourself in the sacraments? Your guardian angel can only do so much if you refuse to help. It's kind of like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Don't make your guardian angel call you a horse. Okay. All right. Okay. They prevent Satan from suggesting evil thoughts. Remember, sometimes they don't. They don't prevent it because God allows it in his providence for your growth and virtue and trial. Inspiring and fostering in us holy thoughts and pious desires. Offering to God our prayers and praying for us. You know how your guardian angels at work? I can guarantee you every single one of you, your guardian angel is at work, even though you might think by listening to this, they're not. And the fact is because you're watching or you're here. The very fact that you are here or that you are watching means your guardian angel is working because he inspired you to be here or to tune in. They pray for us, even if we don't pray for ourselves. They correct us when we sin. That's our conscience poking us. And they help us during the time of death, conducting our souls to heaven or maybe to purgatory to console us. So here's the bottom line, everybody. They just they aren't just there to stop us from stubbing our toe. All right. That's not it. Eternal fate is greater than the temporal. They're going to allow you to stub your toe if it helps in your overall plan of salvation. <clears throat> the goal of the guardian angels is to guide us, even non-Christians. Even non-Christians have guardian angels. Your guardian angel has been waiting for you from the beginning of time, and your relationship with the guardian angel will continue into heaven. Their task is not completed until you get there. So they're constantly working. The angels ascend and descend, Scripture tells us. In the Mass, do you know that when, when, when as the priest, I lift up that patent and that chalice and do the concluding doxology through him and with him and in him, O oh God, Almighty, God Almighty Father, 
in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Do you know what's going on at that point? Do you know what's going on? Basically, Jesus, we all came from the Father. We got broken. Jesus came down, redeemed us. Now the Holy Spirit, through sanctification, is bringing us back to God the Father through the death of the Son to reconcile us back to God the Father from which we came. Now, here's the point. When that priest lifts up that patent and offers that sacrifice back to God the Father, because the Mass is God offering God to God, God the Holy Spirit offering God the Son to God the Father in atonement for our sins and the sins of the whole world, there is an elevation. This is the high point of the Mass, the concluding doxology. And what is happening is amazing. So you are to put yourself onto that patent to go back to God the Father to be united with now with His Son. But do you know what's going on while that's happening? Your guardian angels... The saints tell us, the mystics tell us, your guardian angels actually come up to this altar and they kneel. It's the only time they're slightly separated from you physically. And they kneel around this altar as that elevation is going on and your guardian angels come forward with a vessel, a golden vessel, the mystics tell us. And what is in that golden vessel? What you put into it. Are you paying no attention? Are you caring, could care less? Then your vessel is empty. If you want salvation and you want to serve the Lord, your vessel will be full. Put everything in it to unite with that patent, to be given back to God the Father, your hopes, your joys, your dreams, your sorrows. This is incredible. This is what's going on at the Mass. Wow. This is powerful. You know, Mary of Agreta, who Brother Mark leaves around, she's a visionary. She told us that the Blessed Virgin Mary had hundreds of guardian angels, including St. Michael and St. Gabriel. St. Faustina, you're going to hear Philip read in the diary 630. We believe her guardian angels was one of the seven archangels because when she was traveling, she said she saw her guardian angel. And as they passed churches, they saw guardian angels on the top of the churches and the guardian angels bowed to her angel. So we believe her angel was one of the seven archangels. Whoa. The tradition, priests have two guardian angels. That's a small T tradition. Everybody else has one. Why? Because priests need them. We need them. <laughs> and Father Seraphim used to say small T tradition that you know when the end of the world will be? We don't know the day or the hour. But Father Seraphim used to say, you know when the end of the world will be? When the number of angels, excuse me, I'm sorry. When the number of human souls enters into heaven that replaces the number of angels that fell from heaven during the fall. So if you take the whole number, a third of the angels fell from the sky that day, however many that is, small t tradition, Father Seraphim used to teach, the world will end when the number of human souls that enters heaven replaces the number of angels that fell from the sky that day. Interesting because there were billions of angels. All right, so to finish, little things about your guardian angel. When do you receive your guardian angel? At the moment of conception, even before the grace of baptism. Why? This is because angels are given to human beings on account of our reason, not, not just baptismal grace. All right, does your guardian angel have a name? Hmm, yes, he does. God has named all his angels, or perhaps the higher angels have named the lower. But should you name your guardian angel? 
Actually, the church teaches it's unfitting to have a human being name an angel because it's only for a superior is to give a name, and we are not their superiors. Angels are higher than us by nature. And so did Christ have a guardian angel? Did Jesus have a guardian angel? Actually, church tells us yes. Like every other human, it is likely that his angel, guardian angel, was the highest of all the angels, but still from the lowest choir. That's amazing. Luke wrote, and there appeared to Jesus an angel from heaven, strengthening him. This is Luke 22, Matthew 4:11, and Mark 1:13 also mentioned angels ministering to Jesus after he was tempted by the devil. So we believe, yes, he had a guardian angel. All right. Now, how many angels are there who could be potential guardians? Listen to this. It's likely that the choir of angels from which we get our guardian angels is greater, way greater than all the number of human beings that will ever live. We believe there's, what, 8 billion people in the world today? 115 billion, they think, have lived since the beginning of time. There's more angels. This is amazing. All right. The only limit to the number of angel, guardian angels is the number of humans. So everybody will have them. All right. All right. So can you call upon your guardian angel? Absolutely. Uh, Padre Pio sent his guardian angel to help other guardian angels. Ask that. All right, so I know I'm running long. I know I'm running long, but guardian angels do all they can to help. That goes back to this first reading. But since they are not omniscient, they don't know everything, it is up to us to turn to them. You can't say, why, where was my guardian angel? Did you ask for your guardian angel's help? Hmm, interesting. Turn to them. Don't hide anything from them. It is surely the fact that they are your best friend after God and Mother Mary. These are powerful. The best gift your guardian angel could ever get from you? You want to thank your guardian angel? You want to thank God for your guardian angel? You know the best gift you could ever give to your guardian angel? Holy Communion. Offer your holy communion for your guardian angel in thanksgiving and gratitude. That is huge. You know, it's, it's funny because the other one for me, and I heard this in seminary, is do adoration. You know why adoration is so powerful? And by the way, we're doing the Rosary Congress. Seven, we, uh, seven days, 24-7 adoration. Please stop by there. Even if you don't sign up, just come by. You know why adoration is so powerful for your guardian angel? Because your guardian angel stays with you. And if you never go before the presence of God, then they aren't in front of the presence of God. But if you go to adoration and you receive Holy Communion, they are united with God in an even stronger way through you. So when you go to adoration, your guardian angel is jumping for joy. When you go to adoration, your guardian angel's like, yes, I can spend time with the Lord. But if you never go to adoration, your guardian angel is not getting any time to spend in worshiping of the Lord in physical presence of body, blood, soul, and divinity. This is amazing. And so it's just, and what about consecration? You know, we always talk about consecration to Mary, consecration to St. Joseph. I've been thinking about doing a consecration to the guardian angel. 
Seriously, this is powerful. And I, 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 I know, again, I keep saying I'm long, but there was a story that I just love. It was about a pilot who was lost in a storm. And the pilot couldn't get out. The radio was cracking and his radio was going out. And all of a sudden he got the voice on the radio of somebody. It was pitch black, storm, lightning, thunder, rain. And he got a voice on the radio that led and guided him in because his instruments weren't working to an airport. And he landed safely. And when he landed and got out of the plane, he realized the airport was abandoned. There was nobody at the airport. And so he, he investigated and went into the town or whatever, and they said that airport's been abandoned for years. There's nobody in that control tower. That's your guardian angel. How many of us have stories that are, are inexplicable? Um, you know, St. Faustina, this one passage here, she says, Once when a certain doubt rose within me shortly before Holy Communion, the seraph angel of the Lord Jesus stood before me, asked Jesus if I receiving an answer. He said, could you perhaps hear my confession? He said, no spirit in heaven has that power. So you know what's interesting? As much and great as those angels are, what the priest does for you in Holy Communion is even greater. How incredible we have in the gift of our faith. So don't forget to utilize this help of Mary, each other, the priest, and your guardian angel. Those are the tools God gives you to get to heaven. So in the reading of Habakkuk, how long, O oh Lord, I cry for help, but you do not listen. <laughs> Trust me, the Lord is listening. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.